0: Hello everyone, this is Unadulting with Olua Fumibi. The first episode I I started with imposter syndrome where I talked about um, generally what imposter syndrome is, why people experience it, and some common um, phrases that could um, instigate that you're probably going through imposter syndrome. So in this episode, episode 2, um i intend to talk about the five types of imposter syndrome and the steps to overcome imposter syndrome and this i'll be doing by reviewing the work of dr valerie young who is an internationally recognized expert on imposter syndrome and she has written quite a number of books she has delivered um speeches talks and in um Different organizations, ranging from IBM, Microsoft, um, Procter and Gamble, Dell, um, McDonald's, NASA, even institutions like Stanford, Harvard, MIT, Princeton, Oxford. I mean, this woman has she has been everywhere, talking about her work, talking about. Um, what she has um learned over time on imposter syndrome and helping people generally improve themselves so you can browse about her you can read more about her you can read more about her work google is your friend just go on google yeah you get so much information on imposter syndrome on her work yeah so let's get right into it as usual i'm going to be starting this episode with um A quote and this is from Daniel Radcliffe you probably know him as Harry Potter he said I think the most creative people veer between ambition and anxiety self-doubt and confidence I definitely can relate to that we all go through that am I doing the right thing is this what I'm meant to be doing I mean this is so right and like I said in the previous episode this feeling is not restricted to just you and I. The best of the best in all faiths experience imposter syndrome. So, um, we're just going to go right into the types of imposter syndrome and um, out steps to overcome imposter syndrome. Um, Dr. Young highlighted five different types of imposter syndrome, and the first one is the perfectionist. Um, perfectionist and imposter syndrome often often go hand in hand. Um, think about it. Perfectionists set excessively high goals for themselves, and when they fail to reach a goal, they experience major self-doubt and worry about measuring up. Thank God I'm not a perfectionist. That doesn't make me any better, because I'm I'm sure we're still going to get to my own type of imposter syndrome. But I'm still not a perfectionist. I don't even like things being perfect i don't like anything being perfect at all not even my makeup not even my hair i like a touch of messiness which is some form of imposter syndrome on its own but anyways for the perfectionist whether they realize it or not this group can also be control freaks like they feel like they want something done right they have to do it themselves and um they usually have difficulty delegating Even when when they are able to do so, they feel frustrated and disappointed in the result. So, I mean, what's the point in delegating it if they would never be satisfied with it? They feel like their work must be 100% perfect 100% of the time. For this type of people, success is really satisfying because they believe they could have done even better. And um, they end up not owning and celebrating achievements and if it, it really if, if if you are this type of person you'll notice that you always end up getting burned out, that's it. Because you don't find contentment, you don't you don't cultivate self-confidence in what you do and you just go on a spiral of trying to make things perfect every time. And it I think it's just best to learn your mistakes in strides. You have to view them as a natural part of the process. In addition, you have to start pushing yourself to act before you are ready. Because there's never going to be a perfect time for anything. And your work will, n- will never be 100% flawless. That's the truth. That's like a take-home for any perfectionist listening to this podcast. Um, The second groups are the super woman or man. So let's just say superhuman. That's going to make it quite easier for me. So these are the people... Who are convinced their phone is amongst real deal colleagues. Like they often push themselves to work harder and harder to measure up. They get stressed when they're not working and they find downtime completely wasteful. Like these people, they just can't get a break. They can't take a break. It's like it's like abnormal for them to rest. They they they've lost um track of the last time they even enjoyed things outside work. Like, they don't have hobbies. They are just... They are, they are sacrificing everything to work. They are worker colleagues, simply put. So, imposter worker colleagues are usually addicted to the validation that comes from working. Not to this... Not like... They are not addicted to... They don't give um, contentment from... The validation from the work itself. It comes from... The addiction of working... I don't even understand it's not about the work itself, it's about the process, it's about it's not about the work, it's not about the results of the work, it's about the fact that they are doing something. That's it. They, they get their validation from the fact that everybody sees that they are doing something, they are constantly the last person at work, they are constantly um doing There's always something on their desk to do, even when there's nothing to do, there's there's something, something has to come up for them to do. So as you become more attuned to internal validation, which I think you should learn to do, like intrinsic um, validation, intrinsic motivation, is as if not much more important than the external validation. So as you learn to attune to internal validation and able to nurture your inner confidence that states you are competent and skilled, you will be able to ease off the gas as you gauge how much work is reasonable. That's it. You you, you won't just end up doing everything that comes on your table you you learn to internalize what is more important you prioritize the third groups are the natural genius dr young said people with this competence type believe they need to be natural genius like they need to everything just have to come ease and um at speed as opposed to their efforts so in other words if they take a long time to master something they feel ashamed of themselves they feel like oh I should have gotten this these are the kind of people that beat this they beat themselves up every time for everything this type of imposters they set internal bar impossibly high like <laughs> just like perfectionist the only difference is natural genius don't judge themselves based on ridiculous expectations like they judge themselves based on getting things done on the first trial like they want to say and and, and i think this might be me <laughs> i love to do things once and just get it on like just get it on i'm not a perfectionist but i like to know that okay i have and like i like i have my way with something so even when i'm not doing something like i don't necessarily have to try it out but i like to feel like even if i do it i'm going to get to try it yeah, this this messes up with me a lot. If I try it and I don't get it tried. so <laughs> when I try it and I don't get it right, it's like my alarm sounds. It's like I'm like, oh my god, something is wrong, or have I been deceiving myself all along? Is it like I'm not even good enough for this thing? Or was it deception <laughs> all along? So, um, for people like this, they keep tracks of their straight A's and good stars in everything they do which i do like i keep tracks on my records (laughs) so um to move past this try seeing yourself as a work in progress i'm i'm definitely working on that and (laughs) accomplishing great things involves lifelong learning and skill building for everyone even the most confident people so rather than beating yourself up when you don't reach your impossibly high standards, identify specific changeable behaviours that you can improve over time. Yep. Thank you, Dr. Young. I just spoke to myself. <laughs> the fourth group is the soloists. These are like sufferers who feel as though asking for help reveals their fullness. And um, the truth is, it's okay to be independent, but not to the extent that you refuse assistance so that you can improve your words... Um, so that you can prove your words to people like... It's okay to be independent. It's very like... My, I mean, my love language has nothing to do with um act of service. I like to do my things. But then, it's okay to be independent. But there's a thin line between... Refusing assistance just because you want to prove your words and refusing assistance just because you think you got it all figured out like just because you think you can undo it like you just don't necessarily want to stress anyone. So if um if you feel you don't need people's help, this might sound like you and you probably need people's help. Because this is imposter syndrome. And the last group is um the experts. The experts measure their um, competence based on what and how much they know or can do, believing they will never know enough. They fear being exposed as inexperienced or unknowledgeable. So these are the people that um, shy away from applying to job postings unless they meet every single educational requirement. I mean, they are constantly seeking out trainings or certifications because they think um, they need to improve their skills in order to succeed. And, um even if they've been in a particular role for some time they feel like they always need to do more like they is like they have to keep moving this kind of people they don't take breaks at all like they don't feel they deserve breaks they should so they have to always keep learning more keep knowing more just because they feel if they don't someone is going to find out that they don't even deserve where they have and probably kick them out of the system It's true that there's always more to learn, and striving to bulk up your skill set can certainly help you make strides professionally and keep you competitive in the job market, but taking too far. The tendency to endlessly seek out more information can actually be a form of procrastination. Yeah, because you keep having so much to do, and you keep procrastinating, and on the long run. I don't know you might be better off, but then you are lacking in some vital parts of your life, you're lacking in some things you should have actually invested yourself into that could have meant more. So, you have to realize there's no shame in asking for help when you need it. If you don't know how to do something, ask a co worker, ask um, your sibling, ask um, your parent, ask a friend, ask your neighbor. If you can't figure out, if you can't figure out, if you can't figure out <laughs> how to solve a problem, seek advice from a supportive um, supervisor, or even a career coach. Have mentors, um, mentor junior colleagues, mentor volunteer, because these things help you grow naturally. They discover your inner expert. Like you don't have to struggle so much to discover yourself when you do all these extra things. Not necessarily. Plunging yourself into um, going, I don't know, overboard for things. And um, no matter the specific profile you find yourself amongst these five categories, if you struggle with confidence, you are far from alone. That's just the truth. If you struggle with confidence, if you struggle with imposter syndrome, you are not alone. Like I said earlier, the best of the best in every field struggle with imposter syndrome. And that's going to be it on the types of imposter syndrome. So quickly let me dash into like um steps to overcome imposter syndrome. Break the silence. That's it. That's the step number one. Break the silence. Shame keeps a lot of people from fessing up about their um fraudulent feelings. So knowing there's a name for these feelings and that you are not alone can tremendously help in freeing you so break the silence talk to people communicate about it um, number two will be to separate feelings from facts there are times you feel stupid there are times you feel um you feel like you probably don't deserve where you are it happens to everyone it happens to the best of us from time to time but you have to realize that just because you feel stupid doesn't mean you're stupid just because you feel you don't have what it takes doesn't mean you don't have what it takes sometimes it's a feeling and feelings go away so don't dwell too long on that. Number three will be to recognize when you feel when you should feel fraudulent. If you are one of the first or the few women or a minority in your field or workplace, it's only natural you'd sometimes feel like you don't totally fit in. Instead of taking your self-doubt as a sign of your ineptness, recognize that it might be a normal response to being an outsider. So sometimes it's a normal feeling for you to feel like an outsider, probably due to your skin color or because you're a minority in um, a particular environment where, it, where you're probably the first person to get there, you understand, like, Take, for example, um, Michelle Obama being the first black first lady. I think it's okay for her to feel that way at some point in her life. Like, okay, my husband is the first black man to be the president of the United States of America. So so I I think it's okay to feel like an outsider um, where you are probably the first person to be there. Or not a lot of your type are there. Number four will be to accentuate the positive. Perfectionism can indicate a healthy drive to excel. The trick is not to obsess over everything being just so. So you have to do a great job when it matters most without persevering over routine tasks. And also forgive yourself when the inevitable mistake happens. Please learn to forgive yourself. I need to work on that too. I seriously need to work on that. <laughs> and um, develop a new response to failure and mistake making. Um, Erin Ford once said, Failure is only the opportunity to begin again more intelligently. So instead of beating yourself up for being human and blowing the big project, do what professional athletes do and glean the learning value from the mistake and move on. I mean, just move on, move on, move on, move it, move it. (laughs) You can't dwell too long on failure. And and, like over time, I've learned that failure is actually never the worst thing to happen to you. Like I failed a couple of times. On different things for different reasons, and for every time I failed at something, I always get it better done. That's just it. Like, I've had an F and ended up having an A on the same course. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? I've never really seen failure as the worst, anyways. But then just learn to see failure for what it is as learning as an opportunity to gain more intelligently, write the rules. That's another way to overcome imposter syndrome. If you've been operating under misguided rules like, I should always know the answer, or never ask for help, or um, am I going to end up failing, start asserting your rights. Recognize that you have just as much rights as the next person to be wrong. Have an off day or ask for assistance. That's That's just it. Take breaks. Take a chill pill. Basically, You don't necessarily have to be right all the time. And just because you're wrong doesn't mean the next person has never been wrong about the same thing. If you go on Google, you'll find out that you're probably not the only one that has made the same errors over and over again. So, write the rules. Develop a new script. Your script is that authentic mental tapes that starts playing in situations that trigger your imposter's feelings. When you start a new job, or project instead of thinking for example wait till they find out wait till they find out I have no idea what I'm doing try thinking everyone will start something new feels off base in the beginning I mean you have to develop a new script you have to I don't know change the way you say things change the way you see things change the way you think about things change your script entirely in fact I feel you should create your own script basically so instead of um Going the all negative thing, you have to see things in a more positive light where you think of things as um you not being the only one feeling that way. I may not know all the answers, but I'm smart enough to find them out. Like, you have to start thinking that way. Visualize success. Um, This is what professional athletes do, actually. Like, they've not scored the goal. They've not reached the finish line, but then they visualize it and... That is what keeps them going so you have to spend time beforehand picturing yourself making a successful presentation or calmly posting your question in class you have to visualize it everything is up it all starts from your head like how you say things you understand so it sure beats picturing impending disaster when you visualize the positive things it will help with performance related stress that's it when, when you're not starting the whole process by seeing the downsides to it, but by seeing the um a lot of things that could go right and how the result is going to be beautiful, how you're going to end up doing the presentation and everybody's going to applaud you, how your professor is going to have nice things to say about you. It doesn't mean your presentation is not... It, it doesn't mean you don't have to be prepared for the worst. But at the same time, bring the better picture bring the good picture bring the best picture to mind it helps to it helps to um it helps to improve your performance related stress basically reward yourself break the cycle of continually seeking um degrees and then dismissing validation outside of yourself by learning to pat yourself on the back i do this a lot i mean i'm the type of person that'll finish a course and treat myself to a nice bottle of wine and chocolate, or ice cream, or whatever. You have to reward yourself. I reward myself. I, I do this a lot. Like I don't take little wins for granted. I don't take it for granted. If I achieve, no matter how smart it is, I celebrate it. It is very important. You have to reward yourself. You have to break the cycle of continually seeking and then dismissing validation outside of yourself. And the last one will be fake it till you make it. <laughs> now and then we all have to fly by the seats of our pants. Instead of considering winging it as proof of your ineptness, learn to do what many at- I achievers do and view it as a skill. I mean, um, was it? I, I think it was um, Priyanka Chopra that said she does. She, I mean, this is one woman I admire for confidence. Like, if you ask me, Fumbi, why do you love Priyanka? The first thing that comes to my mind is confidence. This woman commands attention by just stepping into any room. Like, she doesn't have to talk just by stepping into a room. She commands attention. And there was um, a time I read one of um, her interviews where she said, half of the time, (laughs) she walks into the room (laughs) shaking. Like, I mean, and I was like, oh my God. Every time I see this woman step into a room, the first thing that resonates with me is confidence. But man, she fakes it sometimes. (laughs) And then she fakes it till she she stabilizes with the environment and then she feels comfortable and then she's no longer faking it and then it comes naturally for her. So the point of the one out phrase, fake it till you make it stand still. Like I mean, don't wait until you feel confident to start putting yourself out there. Courage comes from taking risks change your behavior first and allow your confidence to build so yes i'm going to keep faking it till i make it like this podcast i faked my confidence before i started season one and then i took a very long break and starting season two was like really it in fact it was harder for me than starting season one because I, i i lost i lost quite a lot of things like My confidence, my self-worth was questioned, my ability, my intelligence. I questioned everything. But then I just had to fake it like I'm ready, even when I wasn't ready. Because I realized I might never be ready. It is never going to be a perfect time for me to start season two. And even starting this episode, I had to fake my confidence. I've drank like 100 TL of water already. Still drinking so um that's it on this episode that's it on this episode that's it on overcoming imposter syndrome i hope it helps you i hope um you find this helpful and if you need more information you can go on google you can um browse about um dr valerie young you can also send me emails on um on Adulting with at gmail.com, you can mail me, you can send your reviews, your th- your thoughts, your questions. And if you have any other topic you want us to address, you can send me an email. I'm sorry this took um, a longer time than expected. And also, you can follow me on my Twitter and Instagram at O underscore underscore for maybe. Thank you very much, guys. I hope this helps you and I hope you reach out to me. I hope you share this too. I love you guys. Peace out. Don't forget, seek support. Everyone needs help. Recognize that you recognize when you need to, and seek the help you need. Bye, guys. I still don't like leaving you guys, Okay. then okay. Ovidorian.